the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's Tuesday, July the 4th, the 4th of July, 2023, in the year of our Lord. On July 4th, 1776, the Declaration of Independence was adopted by delegates to the Second Continental Congress in Philadelphia. The rest, they say, is history. Today in 1802, the United States Military Academy officially opened at West Point, New York. Today in 1826, 50 years ago, or 50 years to the day after the Declaration of Independence was adopted, former Presidents John Adams and Thomas Jefferson both died on the 4th of July. On 1831, July 4, the fifth president of the United States, James Monroe, he died in New York City. He was 73 years old. Interesting, all three of those presidents died on the 4th of July, and they were all very instrumental in creating what we know as the 4th of July, our independence. Today in 1863, the Civil War siege of Vicksburg, Mississippi ended. Confederate, the Confederate garrison surrendered to the Union forces. And today in 1912, the 48-star American flag recognizing New Mexico statehood was adopted. Today in 1939, Lou Gehrig, one of the great baseball players of all times for the New York Yankees, he delivered his famous farewell speech in which he called himself, quote, the luckiest man on the face of the earth. He said that in the context that his body was deteriorating, he had a degenerative disease that became known as Lou Gehrig disease. He called himself the luckiest man on the face of the earth. Ten years ago today, the Statue of Liberty reopened on the 4th of July, eight months after Superstorm Sandy blew through the area and shuttered the national symbol of freedom. Freedom never stays shut down very long. It always springs up because God put freedom in the heart of all human beings. There's an interesting story out there today, and I'm not going to talk about this today. I want to talk about America and freedom and why America is great and why we celebrate the 4th of July. But there's a story in the Washington Post out there today, and uh, I didn't read it, and I'm not going to go through it, but it says the USC, Washington uh, Post The U.S. Secret Service has investigated a suspicious uh, substance that prompted a brief evacuation when it was found Sunday evening inside the White House, according to law enforcement authorities. In a preliminary test, the substance, a white powder, tested or indicated positive for cocaine. Let's talk about America. Man, oh man. Founding Father John Adams was our second president. He said at the signing of the Declaration of Independence, this 
He said, this will be the most memorable epoch in the history of America. He said, I'm apt to believe that it will be celebrated by succeeding generations as the great anniversary festival. Many of us are celebrating. Thank you for joining in today and making this a part of your celebration, whatever you're doing with family, barbecuing some hamburgers and steak and whatever. Thank you for tuning in and spending a few minutes with us. I appreciate that. We're live this morning. I will not be live tomorrow. We're going to run a rerun. I'm going to take the day off tomorrow, uh, just the one day, and then I'll be back the following day live again, as we always are. We originate live each morning. But the New York Times is telling us this morning that that whether because of crowds or politics or a loss of patriotism, some Americans are conflicted about celebrating the 4th of July. The people I'm around aren't conflicted about celebrating the 4th of July, but I guess those there are those that are. Don't be conflicted today. Just celebrate. Do what you do. Be with family. As I said, barbecue, eat watermelon, whatever you want, whatever you want to do. Don't be conflicted about it. But there are those that are. And the, the New York Times is putting its focus on this long and winding article. It's a feature article. They're talking about whether it's the crowds that people can't handle, it's too emotional for them, or the politics of it, or the loss of patriotism. But some Americans, they say, are conflicted about celebrating the 4th of July. So we have to ask ourselves, celebrate the great anniversary of the founding of the greatest nation on the history of, in the history of the world? Or do we become conflicted over crowds and loss of patriotism and all this kind of thing? That's a choice we make. I've certainly made my choice, and I think many of you have as well. But why should we celebrate this day? John Adams continues. He said it ought to be commemorated as the day of deliverance by solemn acts of devotion to God Almighty. It ought to be solemnized with pomp and parade, with shows and games and sports and guns. Guns? That's what he said. Sports and guns and bells and bonfires and illuminations. <laughs> Can you imagine what the left would do if we went out and did all that stuff? And some probably will today. Some fireworks have been shut down. I'm, I've read. Others are in full bloom and will be tonight. But we should, we should solemnize this moment with pomp and parade and shows and games and sports and guns and bells and bonfires and illuminations. He said not just in one locality, but he said, I'm quoting John Adams, from one, of, from one end of this continent to the other, from this time forward, forever. The New York Times is, in its way, letting people know that not everybody is excited about this America. I mean, there's a lot of problems. There's a lot of things wrong with America and so on. Not everybody's as excited about the 4th of July as John Adams was. That's really the intent of this story. It's long. I mean, it goes on and on and on. In fact, the paper says the 4th can sometimes feel like the New Year's Eve of the summer. And I thought, is New Year's Eve bad? They're not certainly not encouraging people to celebrate the 4th of July. So 
Why would they use that phrase? But they did. Apparently, New Year's Eve has somehow now become, I, I don't know, a bad thing with the left. Maybe it's depressing. Maybe it causes people to be reflective and think about the past. I don't know. But that's what they say. The 4th can sometimes feel like the New Year's Eve of the summer. <laughs> I, interesting. Anyway, rarely have Americans been so divided on what their country stands for. CNN is talking about that and, and, and did even a year ago talk about that. And again, today, other newspapers are carrying the New York Times article. The Times then begins its catechism on why we should not see this day as John Adams saw it, but rather as a divisive, disappointing, maybe reflective, even depressing day. Really, yeah, they are. That's the point they're making. Then they launch into this one of several personal stories, and they personalize their agenda. Here's part of one of the stories. Growing up in Benton, Arkansas, Malaya Tapp loved celebrating the 4th of July with her family. We would go to parades and see fireworks shows and hang out with the friends, she said. I'm quoting the New York Times. It was always such a fun holiday. But now that she's an adult, she's 18 and entering college next year, commemorating the holiday isn't so simple. It started in 2020 when the Black Lives Matter movement spotlighted many of the injustices across the country. I lost a lot of my patriotic feelings, she said. Miss Tapp, who now lives in Atlanta, also realized that many festive components of the 4th of July just aren't palatable for her anymore. She explains, quote, There are fireworks. It's hard to tell the difference between guns and fireworks. I'm, I'm, trying, I, I, I'm, I'm trying not to laugh. It's hard to tell the difference between guns and fireworks. And here there is always something on the news about a shooting or something, so it makes me nervous. They are also bad for the environment, the fireworks. They release a lot of toxic chemi chemicals. This year she's skipping, the New York Times says. She's skipping the holiday altogether. She's opting instead to travel with their church group to visit a Navajo nation in Arizona. But that trip has been canceled because there's a COVID outbreak among the tribe. Some Americans, especially younger people, the Times says, are rethinking whether they want to celebrate Independence Day at all. A survey by YouGov found that 56% of American adults plan to join in the festivities this year, meaning 44% do not, according to the Times and the YouGov poll, apparently. With a few exceptions, that is the tone of the feature story of the New York Times today. I quote the New York Times often on this program simply because they are kind of the kind of the the blue standard for the left. And what the New York Times publishes generally, even the Washington Post and Baltimore Sun and some of the other big newspapers, they all pretty much quote them and follow their line. They often just run their stories uh, in their newspaper. So it, it's, a, it, it's important to know what the New York Times is talking about, and that's why I pay attention to them. I don't agree with them, rarely ever, but they do represent where the left is coming from and the leftist thinking. 
So while they note that 56% of Americans will celebrate the 4th of July today, they're suggesting that 44 won't, and we should be fully aware that 44 won't, and we should know why they're not, because maybe we'll want to switch over from the 56 to the 44 club. In this long and self-centered, narcissistic look at the left and the pain they suffer from living in America with a few inches of print about those who do celebrate the 4th, and it's only a few inches, inches of print in this long article, this far-left newspaper can claim to be fair and balanced now because they did talk about people who love the 4th of July a little bit way down toward the end of the story. They're now inclusive. John Adams continued. He wasn't through with this 4th of July. He really thought this was a good idea because these guys were all in. He continued. He said, You will think me transported with enthusiasm, but I'm not. I am well aware of the toil and blood and treasure that it will cost to maintain this declaration and support and defend these states. Yet through all the gloom, I can see the rays of ravishing light and glory. <laughs> I can see that the end is worth more than the means, the pos- that posterity will triumph in the day's transaction, even though we may regret it, which I trust in God we shall not. Two very powerful worldviews. One is the product of learning actual history. The other is the product of leftist indoctrination. Fireworks make me nervous. I don't feel safe. And besides, they're putting toxic elements into the air. They're polluting the earth, and it's going to explode and burn up. I want to talk a little bit about the toil, the blood, the treasure that Adams and his colleagues foresaw. It came to pass. It was not an easy ride for these guys that decided to do what they did. And in doing so, they created the greatest nation that's ever existed, on the face of the earth. I want to talk to you a little bit about why America is great and why it's a miracle nation and why it should be celebrated. Even if you're, even if they label you a white nationalist, then that's what they're doing now. You're not patriotic anymore. You're a white nationalist. If you're brown, you're a brown nationalist or whatever. They're bound and determined to cause people not to want to celebrate the founding of America for goodness sakes, and the Declaration of Independence. But even if that's so, it's worth it. We need to celebrate what America stands for because it stands for not just a political institution, but it stands for something that God himself has blessed. There's no other other explanation as to why America has become what it is. Oh, it's not perfect. And if that's where your mind is, if it's in finding fault with America, much like finding fault with any individual you know, individuals are all imperfect. We've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. People go to a church and say, wow, man, I sure saw a lot of people that are sinners sitting in that pew. I don't think I'll go. It's the same thing. We can look at America and see all of the warts. America is not perfect. But God has blessed America for his purposes. And he's blessed America because the founding fathers followed the light and the glory of God's word. And it led them 
to create such a nation as this. That's why America is great. I want to talk about the founding fathers, what they actually personally paid to birth this great nation and lives that have been given to sustain it. Paul Harvey, one of my, one of my great heroes, Marjorie and I used to listen to him every morning when we first got married and for years till he finally retired when he was, what, 90 or something like that and died. But he had a great way of delivery. That's why 25 million people listen to him every day on the radio. But Paul Harvey said this, and I'm quoting him in this, but he did the research, obviously. Paul Harvey said, The question has often been asked, what happened to those men who signed the Declaration of Independence? He calls his this little piece, What Price Freedom? He said five signers were captured by the British as traitors and tortured before they died. Twelve had their homes ransacked and burned. Two lost their sons in the Revolutionary Army. One of the signers had two sons captured. Nine of the 56 fought and died of wounds or the hardships of the Revolutionary War. But what kind of men were they? These men who boldly wrote the names of in their declaration that lit the fires of liberty and souls of men throughout the world? 24, 24 were lawyers and jurists, 11 were merchants, 9 were farmers and large plantation owners, men of means, well-educated. Their security, their incomes, their worldly possessions made them substantially well-off. But they signed the Declaration of Independence even though they knew the penalty would be death on the gallows if they were captured. They signed and they pledged their lives, their fortunes, and their sacred honor. Carter Braxton of Virginia, a wealthy planter and trader, saw his ship swept from the seas by the British Navy. He sold his home and his properties to pay his debts, and he died in rags. Thomas McKeon was so hounded by the enemy that he was forced to move his family almost constantly. He served in the Congress without pay. His family was kept in hiding. His possessions were taken from him, and poverty was his reward. Vandals and soldiers, or both, looted the properties of Ellery Clymer and Hall and Walton and Gwinnett and Hayward and Rutledge and Middleton. At the Battle of Yorktown, Thomas Nelson Jr. noted that the British General Cornwallis had taken over the Nelson home for his headquarters. The owner quietly urged General George Washington to open fire, which was done. The home was destroyed. Nelson died bankrupt. He gave his his grave is unmarked and unknown to this day. Francis Lewis had his home and properties destroyed. The enemy jailed his wife. She died within a few months. John Hart was driven from his wife's bedside as she was dying. Their 13 children fled for their lives. His fields and his grist mill were laid waste. For more than a year, he lived in the forests and the caves, returning home after the war to find his wife dead and his children banished. A few weeks later, he died from exhaustion and a broken heart. Morris and Livingston suffered similar fates. Such were the stories and sacrifices of the American Revolution. Harvey says these were not wild-eyed, rabble-rousing ruffians. These were soft-spoken 
men of means, wealth, and education. They had security, but they valued liberty more. Standing tall, straight, and unwavering, they pledged, quote, for the support of this declaration with a firm reliance on the protection of the divine providence, we mutually pledge to each other our lives, our fortunes, and our sacred honor. That's Paul Harvey's account, an overview of the price these people paid for signing the Declaration of Independence. I don't quite understand how little Susie gets all upset and feels unsafe when somebody shoots off a firework to celebrate that kind of commitment. She knows nothing about that, neither does the New York Times. They simply ride along on an empty balloon that's called progressivism, that's going nowhere. That's the enemy of this nation. That's the enemy of these people who gave everything they had to create this nation. And then they turned around and fought a revolutionary war that no one on, the, on this planet thought they could win. But they did. If we look closely at these facts from this, there is no way that we can reject the United States and become part of the 44% who say, well, I, I just don't feel safe. Or, boy, I got involved in Black Lives Matter and it sure opened up a whole new world to me. I didn't know we were so racist. Critical race theory. Indoctrinating our children. This is what the 44% is about. But 56% of us see otherwise. We understand what Paul Harvey said in his account and what others have said. We understand there's more to it than politics. It runs much deeper than that. John Adams would later tell the military on October the 11th, 1798, we have no government armed with power capable of contending with human passions unbridled by morality and religion, avarice, ambition, revenge, or gallantry would break the strongest cords of our Constitution as a whale, as a whale goes through a net. Our Constitution was made only for moral and religious people. It's wholly inadequate to the government of any other, he said. They recognized the vulnerability of America. And if we are not morally fixed on something bigger than ourselves, and we are not now in America, many of us, but if we are not focused on something bigger than ourselves, and they said it was the Almighty God who created the universe, then we will lose our way and our Constitution will not be effective. That's why it's important that we never forget our founding and we remember that it was it is not the wise people like the Joe Bidens of this world, <laughs> pun intended. It's the fact that America was founded by these people willing to put it all on the, on the line, everything they had, for the sake of liberty. They were willing to do this because they believed in liberty under God. They believed that God was the giver of life and liberty. And the nation was founded to protect those liberties and those freedoms. That is a biblical concept, a Judeo-Christian concept. John Adams would say, after he had spoken to the military a year later, 
He said, as no truth is more clearly taught in the volume of inspiration, referring to the Bible, he said, nor any more fully demonstrated by the experience of all ages than that a deep sense and a due acknowledgement of the growing providence of a supreme being and the accountableness of men to him as the searcher of hearts and righteous distributor of rewards and punishments are conducive equally to the happiness of individuals and to the well-being of communities. The Bible contains all the principles and values needed to create the most blessed, most prosperous, most free nation in the history of the world. So go ahead and celebrate. Celebrate what God has done. If we look closely at the self-evident truths that they're talking about, the early founding fathers identified and followed sometimes to their own death or bankruptcy. These imperishable articles of the American faith upon which our country is firmly based are first and foremost is the existence of God. Next comes the truth that all men are created equal in the sight of God. Third is the fact of God's great equal, a great gift of unalienable rights to every person on earth. Then follows the true and the single purpose of all American government, namely that we have formed a government to preserve and protect those God-made rights for a God-made, God-created mankind. When I study history in America, I'm conscious that we are a miracle nation. I know that everyone doesn't agree with this. It was a miracle that Columbus found this part of the world. I know, I know, I, I know what some think of Columbus. It was a miracle that the early colonists survived and built a nation during these the first 156 years. It was a miracle that they rebelled against the motherland, and even a greater miracle that they won the Revolutionary War against overwhelming odds. It was a miracle they survived the Confederacy period from 1774 to 1789. And still another that they founded upon this continent, a new nation dedicated to the proposition that all men are created equal. Not equity, but equal. Equal under God and equal before the law. It's still a miracle that this nation exists today. A strong and a free people, even though there are those who are trying to undermine the very foundations of this nation. What was the purpose of this miracle nation? I believe, personally, that God wanted a nation that would go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature and baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I believe that was the great commission for this nation. I believe most of our founders understood that. Perhaps some did not, but most did. Go ahead and celebrate what God has done. Don't be afraid of the sound of the fireworks or the toxic chemicals that might go into the air. You may even hear someone singing, God bless America today. But fear not. You'll get through it. You'll you'll still be standing when they get through singing, God bless America. Don't, Don't be afraid to celebrate. And if you can't bring yourself to celebrate Independence Day, you can choose not to celebrate at all. You're free to do so. You're even free under the law to desecrate the flag if it'll make you feel better, if it'll make you feel safe. That's why America is great. That's why 56% of us are celebrating the 4th of July 
today. It's about faith and freedom and liberty. Have a great time today. And I'll see you tomorrow in a rerun and live on Thursday. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.